to the Investor Download, the podcast about the themes driving markets and the economy now and in the future. I'm your host, David Brett. on a long and aggressive path of interest rate hikes for over a year now. Today, the FOMC raised our policy interest rate by 25 basis points. We continue to anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. Higher interest rates meant it was more expensive to borrow money with the aim of slowing demand and taming inflation. And it seems to be working. All right, switching gears now into the economy, and it looks as if inflation may be continuing to ease right here in the U.S. Yeah, according to the new data released by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics this morning, according to the report, prices of consumer goods rose two-tenths of a percent in June, bringing the annual level down to 3%. In the U.S., inflation, which peaked around 9% in the second half of 2022, is now around 3%. So ultimately, central banks just don't need to hold interest rates as high as they are anymore. And as inflation starts to fall, if you keep your policy rate the same, actually, you're implementing a more restrictive policy because your real interest rate's going up. That's Tara Jameson, a fund manager at Schroders. The belief that interest rates will fall this year has made assets such as cash and bonds less attractive to investors and sent some stock markets to all-time highs. But recent data has proved not everything in the economy runs so smoothly and sent jitters through markets. Over in the U.S., the consumer price index for January rose more than expected as high shelter prices weighed on consumers, marking a 3.1 percent increase. This data has jolted the stock market against bets that the Fed would start trimming rates in May. You know, if history repeats itself, you know, inflation does come a little bit in waves as well. And so I think the Fed is taking note of that. But they have the ability, because the U.S. economy is still so strong, to play a little bit of a waiting game, right? To look for more confirmation of those data points. That's Alex Funk, Chief Investment Officer of Schroeder Investment Solutions. Now there's a triple threat for investors. What to do if inflation remains sticky? How to react if central banks begin to cut rates? And should they fear investing in markets at all-time highs? The answers to all of those are coming up later in the show. But in the first part, we'll look at why the battle to beat inflation isn't won yet. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, you're listening to the Investor Download. We had some inflation data out over the last couple of weeks from the US and the UK. It wasn't quite what was expected. Has that changed the game? Well, the first thing I'd say is I don't think one data point amongst a bigger trend necessarily changes the game. It is obviously worth noting And yeah, the inflation data recently was a bit of an upside surprise and sort of reinforced, I think, some of the concerns that we've had about inflation. We always said the journey from 9% to roughly 3%, that would be the easy part, right? Largely base effect, big movements out of some of the supply side factors. They move from 3% to the target of average inflation of 2%. That, that's not a straight journey, right? And I think we're seeing that in the data. We're seeing it month on month, quarter on quarter. Disinflationary trends are clear, right? So that's definitely happening. Getting to the official 2%, I don't think is a straight line. Even if we're on the right path, markets have been volatile after each release of data. Perhaps, understandably, nervous investors have reacted to any signs that inflation might remain stubbornly higher. After all, it's been a while now 
since they were being told that inflation would be transient. It wasn't. And now they're being primed for higher for longer, both in terms of interest rates and inflation, although not as high as previously. We are going to see more volatility, and, and that is actually one of the things that kind of comes out of our work on the 3D reset. So the 3D reset is the big three structural forces that we think are going to create more inflationary pressure going forward. It's demographics, deglobalisation and decarbonisation. Ageing populations are creating labour shortages, which is pushing up wages. Reshoring or rerouting supply chains to bring security is costly. And cleaning up our energy supply and consumption is expensive in the short term. The reset is creating inflationary pressure. It doesn't actually mean that inflation is necessarily going to be higher in the end. But within that, there's going to be cycles. And, you know, the central banks do have a very difficult job on their hands at the moment. They've had to bring inflation down a long way. They've still got a bit more they need to do. And I think markets at the moment think that they can engineer a soft landing, but Obviously, you know, these outcomes can be binary and there is always the risk of a hard landing. You almost don't know the risk until it appears itself, right? And so we saw a little bit of that with SVB. We've seen a little bit more banking stress more recently as well. And the market is extremely reactive on inflation data, the expectations on the Fed, and we're seeing it in sort of sensitive areas. So again, in the bond market, we've almost become a little bit more accustomed to sort of 10 basis point moves in, in the US Treasury curve, right? Um, and that shows volatility. Despite the volatility, some markets are trading near all-time highs. That isn't surprising if you believe inflation has been quashed. But it poses a difficult question for investors. If central banks begin cutting rates, should they be scared about investing in markets at all-time highs? That's coming up. Get in touch with us by email at shorterspodcasts at shorters.com or visit our website, shorters.com forward slash investor download. The US stock market hit an all-time high in mid-December 2023 and has moved higher since. At the end of January, it was nearly 3% above the previous peak. This has left many investors feeling nervous about the potential for a fall. I think it, it can feel quite scary buying into markets when they're at all-time highs. And I guess that's where kind of investor psychology comes in. The market is actually at an all-time high more often than you might think. According to research from Schroders, of the 1,176 months since January 1926, the market was at an all-time high in 354 of them. If you actually look at the data and you look at the times that the S&P has been at an all-time high, it's been at an all-time high 30% of the time. And actually, the investment outcomes haven't been bad if you bought at an all-time high. So if we look um, back over history, you'd have beaten inflation by 10.3% investing at the all-time highs compared to 86 over other periods. So it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Over long time horizons, differences in returns can seriously add up. If you'd invested $100 into the US stock market in 1926 and just left it alone, didn't touch it, it would now be worth around $85,000. That's according to Schroeder's data, which we'll link to in the show notes. Now, if we take the opposite view of that and said, well, if you put in that same $100 and then took the money out the market when you had hit these all-time highs uh, and then invested in cash and ultimately tried to come back into the market, that same investment would have been roughly 90% lower at just under $9,000. So again, the effect of timing the market, again, purely just on all-time highs, creates some complexities for your investment performance as well. 
Adding to that complexity is the prospect of the Federal Reserve potentially cutting rates. For instance, the market is pricing in a nearly 82% chance of a quarter point cut by June. The situation can change, but what happens once the Fed starts to cut? What we saw is, on average, uh, from the point that the Fed starts to cut, and this is US data, um, equities actually outperform by about 11% relative to inflation. So that's quite significant. And you can see that that's the euphoria being priced back into the market. So not only have equities beaten inflation, they've actually also beaten cash by about 9% on average. What I would say, though, is we do need to be a little bit careful because these are average numbers. And of course, the spread in those numbers is pretty large. Um, but what we can take comfort from is actually in 16 of the 22 um, cutting cycles we're talking about here, we've actually had a recession as well. And still that average number is positive. So if the Fed can engineer a soft landing with this cutting cycle, then actually equity markets stand to do fairly well. Is riding this inflation wave just about investing in equities, and in particular US equities, or is there more life after cash? That's coming up. From Schroeder's data, it looks almost like equities are the only game in town if you want to get inflation-busting returns. Is that the way you see it? Equities are very good asset to hold long term if you want to beat inflation. They're one of the best at outrunning inflation. But that doesn't mean you want to be sort of fully juiced up on equities all the time. You definitely want to hold a diversified mix of different asset classes because they bring different things to the table. So one of the fortunate things about interest rates having risen to where they are today is that you can actually earn quite a good yield now on fixed income and they can become a bit of a return generator in the portfolio, whereas previously they were more just there as a diversifier because they didn't really pay you anything. Um, but equally, in the last year, we've seen some very strong returns from corporate bonds, for example. So the additional spread that you earn for taking on corporate credit risk has really contracted a long way. So actually, at the moment, in terms of taking risk in portfolios, we are preferring equities to other parts of the market like corporate credit. Um, but that can change. It just depends where, what the market's pricing. However, it seems hard to ignore equities. But I think the really important thing to remember is that equities are critical to hold over the long term if you want to beat inflation. They are one of the best assets. I'd say within equities, you have to think about it a little bit as well. So clearly the Magnificent Seven are truly magnificent, right? You know, uh, virtually no debt on the balance sheet, strong cash flow, high moats in terms of the products and services they have, um, ongoing tailwinds from the investment in AI and the excitement around that. Uh, and, and that's done really well one has to acknowledge that there's other parts of the market, other parts of the world that could either benefit from that as well when we have a broadening out uh, and ultimately re-rate from a perspective of being slightly depressed over the last little while. So I think not only across asset classes, but within asset classes, you need to think about that diversification element as well. One very final question, given the rates look like they're peaking and possibly on the way down, is cash dead now for investors? I don't think cash is dead. It's always it's always an option as an asset class. But I do think that fixed income is becoming more exciting. And the one big difference between government bonds and cash is that government bonds do have that potential to have that negative correlation with equities in a severe risk-off situation. So we have had times in markets before where equities have been falling and your bonds have generated a positive return in the portfolio. Cash isn't going to do that for you. So they do bring different features and they bring something different to the table in a portfolio. 
That was the show. We very much hope you enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the Investor Download wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to get in touch with us, it's Schroeder's Podcast at Schroeder's.com. And you can find out much, much more uh, at Schroeder's.com forward slash insights. New shows drop every other Thursday at 5pm UK time. In the meantime, keep safe and go well. The value of investments and the income from them may go down as well as up investors may not get back the amounts originally invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. The information is not an offer, solicitation or recommendation of any funds, services or products or to adopt any investment strategy.